You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, April 2nd. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI and Friars on Base, or my more pop culture entertainment slant of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, and Bloody Disgusting, and more. Of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Please hit me up on either of those accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. I'd love to reach back out to you and maybe even answer your questions right here on the show. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Just did one of those yesterday with Miller Thomas. Did two of them yesterday, actually. We did a pregame and postgame, which I'm hoping to do maybe sometime in the future uh, for sure. But in terms of today's episode, let's recap yesterday's magic. Let's recap the greatness that was the Padres opening day game against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They won by a score of 8-7. to seven. Really exciting game, which is one thing that I mentioned on the live stream quite a lot. Really exciting game. Really fun game. Um, let's start with what I always have told you guys about, which I find the most... The thing that I pay attention to the most when it comes to if we're just looking at one game in a vacuum, which is the pitching. You Darvish got the start. He goes four and two-thirds innings, giving up eight hits, which amounted to four runs. He walked one and struck out six. Overall, overall, I know that some people might be saying this because here's the controversy. Should he have been taken out of the game earlier? There was a moment in the fifth inning when Jace Tingler heads out to the mound, and usually when managers head out to the mound, that means they're going to take him out. Instead, gave him a little chat. They kept him in, and those amounted to Cattell Marte home runs and Azdrubal Cabrera homers. Azdrubal Cabrera, the bait of my existence, apparently. Uh, I mentioned on the live stream how that dude was just not going away, and I did not realize he was even still in the league. He's It feels like he's 47 years old, but apparently he's 35. It's crazy stuff there. Um, my take on that is I'm fine with it. I did not see any issue with it. It was only, like I said, four and two-thirds innings. I know he was already at a high uh, pitch count for the most part, and he looked a little bit shaky, but... I just didn't see too much of an issue in it. It's you, Darvish. You just got him. You want to bring him into the game. He is the opening day starter, and you want to give him some confidence and don't want to pull him out of the game so quickly. You know what I mean? It's not like he's coming off of some giant injury or anything like that. And I think more often times than not, you want to keep you, Darvish, in the game. So I'm really not worried about that. I don't think Padres fans should be worried about it. If he gets out of that inning, everyone's like, great move by Tingler to keep him in. Unfortunately, you know, he gave up some home runs to some guys. And the D-backs lineup, maybe it might be a little bit underrated heading into this year. I don't think it's as underrated as, say, a team like the Giants. But still, uh, you know, they, they have some guys in that lineup that could do some damage, especially guys like Cattell Marte and Christian Walker, in my opinion, who I think are going to have good seasons. Um, but let's talk about the good stuff that happened. We had 
Back-to-back home runs, back-to-back dingers. But before we get into the back-to-back theater, first of all, I have to throw it out there. Victor Caratini got the start at catcher, obviously, because you Darvish, that is his personal catcher. And he is Puerto Rican, Mr. Caratini. So, of course, I have a lot of love for him. And that love for him, uh, it was not a disappointment. He ends up driving in three RBIs on the day, which is good. Look, here's the thing that I said about Caratini. You can do a lot worse. And I mean, like literally what we've had the past couple of years type of worse with Austin Hedges and Francisco Maria than uh, um, uh, Victor Caratini at catcher. Only not so long ago in 2019, he had an on-base percentage of 348 with a 266 batting average and even knocked in 11 home runs. That's not too bad. It really isn't. And if he's the backup catcher for this team, we'll have to see if Campizano gets thrown into the mix at some point, depending on how Nola is feeling and how healthy he is. I actually think that there's a good chance that Campizano is the midseason uh, catcher for the Padres. By the time we get to the All-Star break, he might be the starting catcher. I don't know. But Caratini having that RBI uh, single to drive it to Rudzi at Massive Bumgarner was awesome. And of course, like I alluded to before, the back-to-back home runs were the star of the show. One from Eric Hosmer, who yet again had a great opening day game. Last year, he drove in six RBIs against the Diamondbacks, and it was also, he was the one that kind of broke through for the first time against Madison Bumgarner in last year's opening day game. Uh, He hits a home run in this one, a solo shot. He also ends the day going with uh, three RBIs on the day, which is really cool. Um... Then, of course, we get Will Myers. Will My, the baseball guy, as I like to call him, he hit a shot. I mean, it was, oh, my God. I've rewatched that home run a lot of times already. I don't know. I just There's something about Myers' home runs that have always been really entertaining, I think. Similar to Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, when he finally gets the barrel on the ball, even though he doesn't do it you know, particularly a lot, uh, it's always entertaining to see how far that ball goes. And Will Myers just absolutely crushed it. Does his little mini bat flip, which I'm sure uh, pissed off massive Bumgarner to no end. And Bumgarner in general looked terrible, by the way. I think he was absolutely terrible. I think he isn't going to be good this year. I think that... There's a chance maybe he can revitalize his career, but he needs to do it fast because those cutters are just hanging in there. It's it's meatballs that he's throwing in there for these Padres hitters, and they're absolutely crushing him. And I think a lot of teams are going to be crushing him, not just the Padres lineup. And the Padres lineup is good, but I'm expecting more from a lot of other teams too. And you know me. Not a massive Bumgarner fan, so I cannot wait to watch every one of his starts and see everybody tee off on him. That should be a lot of fun. But yeah, really cool to see the two most questionable guys in the Padres lineup, in my opinion, heading into this year, uh, Myers and Hosmer, that they both hit back-to-back home runs. And fun fact, Myers and Hosmer going uh, back-to-back. It's the first time the Padres have done that on opening day since Adrian Gonzalez and Kyle Banks back in 2010. And that Padres team ended up winning 90 games, which was pretty cool. That was actually a pretty good uh, Padres team. Miguel Tejada, Tony Gwynn, obviously, still out there, still doing his thing. Uh, Will Vettable and Chase Headley, like uh, a pretty decent team. So that's pretty cool. Um, and also, it's really cool because the guys that produced the most yesterday, I didn't even mention Jake Cronenworth, who ripped a triple that I thought was gone when he first hit it, uh, who rips a triple uh, later on in the game. Um, it was really cool to see the rest of the Padres lineup do well because Tatis and Machado actually combined to go one for 10. They did not have a good day. But for Tatis, though, I will say there was a moment when he gets his first and only hit of the ball game and he almost gets caught. Uh, in no man's land, and he has to run back to first base, and my dad even texted me saying Tatis is Neo in the Matrix, and he evades the tag. Even in a down game, when he strikes out three times, only gets one hit, doesn't get to join in on the San Diego fun, even then, he's still exciting. That's what's so remarkable about Tatis, man. It's just, 
I don't know. I know that we, I'm going to talk about him a lot in this podcast, so I want to save a lot of that, especially for when he has some of his first games uh, where he just goes absolutely hambaloney and goes crazy on everybody. But for now, um, you know, he's he's starting off a little quiet, just a tad, just a tiny bit quiet, I guess you could say. But guys, it's only game one of 162. And the last note I want to bring out there uh, for this game is that Mark Melanson ended up being the closer for this game. Uh, it went Emilio Pagan in the seventh, then Drew Pomeranz eighth, and then Mark Melanson nine. That's not too shocking. I said before the preseason that I thought Melanson might be one of those guys. He has the experience. He was pretty good for the Braves last year. Doesn't strike out a lot of guys. Don't get me wrong. His fastball velocity is not a very fast pitcher anymore. But he's been there before, and he's been a really great reliever before this isn't some guy who has who happened to have one good season last year no he's had some amazing seasons for the nationals and even back far as far back as um with the pirates so mark melanson absolutely just based on pedigree i understand giving him the save chances and drew pomerantz had a good moment too he comes in there only gives up one hit and striking out three pomerantz is going to be awesome and i think that you're going to want to use him in more high leverage situations i know that's a cliche term to say in a lot of ways but i think that they're going to want to use him for some top of the lineup type of stuff especially when they go up against the Dodgers I'd rather have Drew Pomeranz in there going up against Bellinger Betts Muncie Corey Seager all those guys I'd rather have him than Mark Melanson who isn't as overpowering a pitcher although plenty capable and Emilio Pagan it was nice to see him come in there and you know not get torched up like he did at the beginning of last season And honestly, in general, I was a little bit hard on Pagan last year but relievers I really do believe they're in general one of the teams that can vacillate, or one of the positions, I should say, that can vacillate from being good to bad, uh, depending on the year. So, Emilio Pagan, maybe he just had an off, like, you know, shortened sample size. So, I'm expecting him to have a nice bounce back. Um, but before we get into the rest of my notes and previewing some of the upcoming things for this weekend, guys, I need to talk to you about something real important. That is betonline.ag it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We got college basketball rolling with March Madness for men's and women's. We've got the NHL in full swing, and of course, baseball is officially back. And of course, don't forget about the NBA. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. That's right, free. How awesome is that? Not too often in life you get something for free. Remember to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. Now, before we get into the rest of the game and some of my thoughts, some of my other little notes, I guess you could say, I want to quickly mention to you guys, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today. The Locked On Today podcast, it's real good. Host Peter Bukowski, an iconic man, a sensational, just electric man. He's he's unbelievable. He updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, last kind of final notes and impressions from the game, just in terms of on the uh, statistical standpoint. Um, Hassan King and Tukapita Marcano both made their debuts yesterday. First, starting with the good, uh, Marcano, he really had a great spring, and that's basically what kind of forced him into the lineup, apparently. I guess spring training did matter uh, in a lot of ways for the Padres to judge who they thought was going to be kind of the end-of-the-bench spots as he pinch hits for... um Keone Kella, like I said, uh, really breakout spring for him. I wasn't expecting him to make the roster heading into spring training, but he batted really good. He actually led the Padres in batting average this past spring, so he definitely deserved it. Um, 
Definitely a contact guy. I think that's what he's expected to be for this Padres lineup. Not a lot of pop in his bat. Maybe similar to a Cronenworth in that's uh, in that sort of sense. Not necessarily as good, but you know, good variety. He can play second, shortstop, third base. So very exciting um, that he got his chance. I, really, I love seeing stuff like that. And apparently he's named after the town where he was born in Venezuela, which is very nice. He actually pinch hits for Keanu Kella, like I mentioned, and he is un- ends up being the guy who draws a walk on a 3-1 count and then ends up being the, the tying run that is scored. So nice debut for the kid. Uh, very happy to see that. The other person that debuted was Mr. Hassan Kim, who I feel like does not need nearly as much elaboration on. He was the star of the KBO League. He played mostly shortstop there, a little bit of third base, and I think once or twice maybe played second. But, um, you know, he signed this four-year $28 million deal with the Padres and I think that he's one of those guys we should wait on he might be a second half breakout I brought up Campizana before he might be the starting catcher maybe by midseason who knows we'll have to see how that all shakes up and how Nola ends up performing because I don't think he's necessarily a guarantee uh Hassan Kim might be one of those guys that gets more at bats as the time goes on but KBO apparently uh, according to what I've heard that's about double a competition and don't get me wrong he raked there 133 home runs 134 steals he was bad like 300 959 OPS like he was great there so he's definitely worthy of uh, taking a flyer on him and I'm really excited but I think this is more of a long-term type of deal for the Padres I don't think you should expect him to necessarily contribute immediately although we'll have to see if uh, maybe um, Jace Tingler decides to put him in the lineup some days we'll have to see and the next thing I want to mention is the excited excitement of those aforementioned rookies just in general I don't know about you guys, but watching the, the game yesterday was so exciting because I didn't get to watch a lot of spring training action. Uh, not that I necessarily, I admittedly would have wanted to. I, Like I said, I don't really care too much about spring training, uh, no matter how desperate for baseball I am. But it was still so much fun to finally just see a baseball game, you know, and Tatis, when he got in there, considering there was only like 7,000 people or so in the stadium, you know, because due to limited capacity, which I agree is the wise course of action, um, a lot of cheering, you know what I mean? You could hear it on the broadcast, the broadcast, by the way, is still a big, it was the two of them, they were, I don't know what they were joking about at one point, I turned down the volume because I had to, um, uh, on my live stream, I wanted to make sure the, the sound didn't come through, you know, on the live stream. I think that'd be weird. Uh, but they were just dying at one point. I don't know what it was about. So if anyone could reach out to me and tell me what those two were joking about, I'd love to hear about it. Um, but yeah, really fun to get back and see baseball. And look, like I said, it's only game one. It doesn't really matter. And I saw some Padres fans doing the memes where they were like, oh, Padres are Padresing, Padresing, uh, yet again when uh, Tim Hill comes in. I didn't even mention Tim Hill, by the way. I wanted to kind of steer clear of him in a lot of ways he came in and was bad uh only getting one out giving up three uh runs although they were unearned on his part still just giving up some bangers to him i loved his hair though luxurious looking hair um kind of reminded me of like a matt strom look almost i think uh so i was i'm kind of excited to see him i still like tim hill i still think he's a decent middle even middle inning reliever even if he throws funny and weird and he scares you every time he pitches you think he's gonna hit the guy that's coming up next but i still like tim hill um, but back, sorry for that tangent on my boy Tim Hill, uh, back with the Padres Twitter thing, I do think, you know, here's my thing, I, I get it, if you're doing it as part of a bit, but a lot of the other Padres, even one of my, my close friends, he's freaking out after the Tim Hill gives up the home runs, like, you gotta be kidding me, F this, F that, and my thing is this, unless you were joking and just putting out the padres memes, because it's a bit, I respect it, I respect how it works, but I, um, you can't love this team and then be concerned. I wasn't. It was the fifth inning. You know what I'm saying? Like this team has such an amazing offense that 
you know, if you love this team so much, you got to respect that it has an amazing offense. If we come playoff time and stuff like this happens, I'll allow everybody to get more upset because, you know, it's the playoffs. But it just in my opinion, it's just let's let's relax, guys. This offense is still so stacked. And, you know, Tatis and Machado, while they didn't have great days, I'm expecting them to bounce back, obviously. But, yeah, I just thought that that was a little bit of an overreaction by Padres fans. Let's just be happy that baseball's back. Let's be happy that the team is back. And they're looking good so far, on paper at least, for sure. And even if we have some injuries, we don't have Trent Grisham, who's on the IL. Look, I said it right that time. I usually say DL. But IL, um, for at least the beginning of the season, doesn't sound like it's too serious. Very excited to see him come play. And I didn't even mention, um, Tommy Pham got the start in center field, which I was, I guess, maybe slightly surprised by but I guess it makes sense because Jerkson Profar ended up start getting the start in left field and he played he had more experience in left field last year so now I think about it it actually does make a lot of sense that they put Fam in center without Grisham so for right now outfield depth not great um, in terms of especially the defensive prowess because without Grisham who I think is that anchor that really carries that outfield defensively um, you know not going to be great there so we have to see about some long balls and ripping line drives we know Myers' jump speed is one of the worst in the league I think he's in the fourth percentile according to Scatcast so not great for him but in general guys I was so excited to see um, the Padres back I really was. I know Darvish wasn't great yesterday. I know he didn't have that ultimate start that we might have wanted, but it's not like he got killed. It was just erratic. There were times when he threw pitches where I was like, nobody in the league might hit that pitch. He had a couple strikeouts, I think, on um, a Drupal Cabrera 98 miles per hour, like two-seam fastball that just had the biggest of movement. I actually, uh, at the time of this recording, I just retweeted it onto the podcast account if you guys missed it. That was, ooh. It felt really good to see that. And then, you know, strike out David Peralta, who Miller and I had some fun with this on the live stream, was called the Freight Train, apparently. <laughs> that's what he's called. Uh, that's what it, the Freight Train David Peralta on his Twitter account, which made me laugh. And I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. But it was just funny that his, that of all people that he was the Freight Train. I uh, had a lot of fun with that. But um, it is indeed only opening day guys it is indeed only opening day and before we continue and wind down today's show guys i need to talk to you really quickly about some other important stuff because they aren't the padres aren't the only winner that we have to celebrate guys we have to celebrate the winner of built bar madness who was the winner guys spoiler alert if you wanted to check it for yourself for some reason Coconut Brownie Chunk was the winner, defeating, slicing down the outrageously high-ranked Cookie Dough Chunk. I must say, I think Cookie Dough made it way too far in the bracket, but it is the winner of the Chumpianship, which is just, <laughs> it makes me giggle every time, that little pun they did there, guys. But remember, guys, Built Bars, the best thing about them is they are super great tasting. You know, I've mentioned with Coconut Brownie Chunk, it is taste, that one tastes literally exactly like a candy bar, covered in 100% chocolate, and they're healthy for you, thanks to... High fiber, high protein, low sugar, and a low amount of calories. Really great. And remember, guys, to go use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Remember, Coconut Brown Chunk may have won the bracket, but all the flavors are equally as fantastic to each their own. But Coconut Brown Chunk, congratulations. Remember, guys, Built Bars are fantastic. Go use that promo code. And get 15% off your next order. Alrighty, guys. And last little message that I need to say. Before we get into, before we wind down today's celebratory uh, opening day podcast, guys. Locked on MLB prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that gets really excited and really nerdy whenever it comes to prospects, we got the podcast for you. 
Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And last kind of things I wanted to talk about, guys, is one, preview the series against uh, the rest of the Diamondbacks games and just what I'm looking forward to, I guess, uh, talk about the weekend slate. But quickly, also, I mentioned, you know, in the last before the break, I mentioned how you Darvish struggled and how I'm really not worried and none of you guys should be worried either. He still, when it came to his good stuff, looked really good. I'd tell you, go look up that Azdrubal Cabrera strikeout. It was a work of art. A lot of aces across baseball, if there's any impression that I had of opening day yesterday, which, granted, I don't think there's a lot of judgments we can make on the rest of the season at all, even even for teams like the Royals and Rangers, who both aren't expected to be good, I don't want to make judgments about them. However, what was crazy about yesterday was a lot of poor ace performances. You know, Shane Bieber, he gives up a home run to Miguel Cabrera. He was still good uh, in yesterday's game, you know, only giving up three runs and striking out 12. He was still good, don't get me wrong. But uh, that was a little bit uncharacteristic for, I guess, uh, Bieber to allow happen. But hey, everyone has their moment. And it was kind of fun seeing Miguel Cabrera with all the snow or whatever the heck was going on in that video. That was fun. Um, Brandon Woodruff of the Brewers, he really, you know, didn't last all that long. He only goes four innings, giving up three runs on six hits, walking two, striking out of five. Not great kind of start for him. Kenta Maeda in the same game again with of the Twins, he only goes four and a third. You know, the Dodgers did not have a good day. They lost, obviously, the Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner thing is going to be the talk of the town. I'm glad Justin Turner looked like a fool because, honestly, kind of hate that guy for what he pulled at the World Series. But Clayton Kershaw wasn't very good. He only goes five and two thirds, giving up ten hits, which amounted to uh, five earned runs, six runs total, but five earned runs, walking one and only striking out two. So not a great debut game for him. Um... Herman Marquez of the Rockies walked six, and and then Kyle Hendricks wasn't very good against the Pirates. I imagine there are a lot of DFS people who picked Kyle Hendricks as their guy yesterday. He only goes three innings, giving up three earned runs. Uh, not very good start for him, so a lot of aces. And then in the Cardinals-Reds game, Jack Flaherty gets absolutely trounced. He gives up six earned runs and four and a third. And then even worse, somehow even worse, um, Luis Castillo, he only goes three and a third, giving up eight earned runs on t- eight hits. Uh, ten, ten runs in total, but only eight earned. And uh, walking to even get one strikeout. Absolutely disastrous start for him. So if there's anything to take away from all this, aside from being upset by your fantasy stars not necessarily doing well, I'm looking at you, Jack Flaherty, god dang it. Um, you know, every if, if if all those guys were performing well, we really shouldn't look too harshly on Darvish, who even if, say, if he gets taken out, then his line looks probably a lot better for the totality of the day. But in general, don't panic, guys. It was game one, a lot of live baseball yesterday, clearly. So do not panic. Darvish is going to be fine. And then for the rest of this series, obviously, no podcast tomorrow. It is the weekend. Indeed, it is. Um, for Monday's podcast, I'm, I'm obviously going to be recapping all the games that happened this weekend, and I'm excited for all the games because it's the debut of Blake Snell. Tonight's game, uh, 10 o'clock game, I'm on East Coast time, obviously. Uh, Blake Snell is going to be pitching against the D-backs, going up against Merrill Kelly, who some Padres on the team don't necessarily do well against. Uh, Myers is not doing well in nine at-bats. He has four strikeouts, a walk, and no hits, so he has not per- uh, performed well against Merrill Kelly, and he beat us twice last year. But more excitingly, Blake Snell, the six Diamondbacks players he has faced in his career have gone a combined one for 20 against him. So, and he's also going to be batting, which should be fun. He actually had a really funny face in one of the spring training at bats he had. So I'm really excited for Snell. And then we get Joe Musgrove on Saturday and then Chris Paddock on Sunday. 
all starts that I'm very, very, very much looking forward to. I'd actually argue the start that I'm most looking forward to is Chris Paddock, who I rip a lot on this podcast because I want to see, you know, I think he might be a momentum guy. I think he needs to be a guy that comes out and eases the concerns because he had a very rough spring. So I think that it would not be a, a, a good sign if he starts off the season, especially against a not porous D-backs lineup, but certainly not as intimidating. It's not like he's going up against the Dodgers. So hopefully Paddock can have a great start. And I'm really looking forward to Snell tonight. I actually think he's going to be awesome. I think that he's going to be... I think he might really have like an incredible game. I really do. I think that guy's motivated too. I think he's going to be really exciting to watch. And and by the way, if someone told me he ends up better than Darvish this year, that won't surprise me. They're both aces. You know what I mean? And if Lamette comes back all healthy, that would obviously not surprise me if he ended up better than both of them. So you never really know. And then Musgrove's start, can't wait. I thought about it. I thought about it. My bold prediction was that Grisham is going to finish top 10 in MVP voting. But I thought about saying, going Super Bowl, and saying that Joe Musgrove will be the second best pitcher for the Padres this season based on a variety of reasons. But that was my prediction uh, at first. I backed off from it because I thought it was a little too hot. A little bit too hot of a prediction, I think, uh, for my liking, um, for sure. But in general, guys, of course, excited for the rest of the series. Going to be recapping it on Monday. And before we wind down, I also want to point out that I will be doing my chat with Emily Nyman sometime next week. I don't know when exactly um, because, you know, we're recapping the opening series game. So I don't know exactly when I'll fit that in. Maybe I might do quick recaps of the games and then put the conversation with her in the back part of it as the second and third segments. I don't really know, guys. But what I do know is baseball's back. And, oh, my God, is it exciting to be watching it again, especially for a team that might make the World Series. And last thing I want to do, guys, I think I'm going to do this from now on for the podcast. I'm going to give my home run pick. My home run pick for tonight's game is going to be of the Padres. It's such a cliche one, but I was right uh, with Will Myers if you guys tuned into the locker room. Uh, And definitely go check out Locked on Diamondbacks because uh, I think Miller is going to be posting the post-game breakdown, I think, that we did. Uh, He'll be posting that live on his feed, so go check that out. I believe he'll be posting it and hearing my weird sound effect I made after the Padres won the game, uh, if you want to check that out. But I called Will Myers on the live locker room. So today, I'm going with the cliche one, Fernando Tatis. I think he hits his first home run of the year against Merrill Kelly, who he has a very good lifetime average against. 5 for 11 with 3 home runs, 5 RBIs, not too shabby. And something tells me Tatis wants to get it going early. He wants to show he was worth all that money and whatnot. But with all that being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. And while you're at it, send me some 5-star reviews on iTunes. I greatly appreciate that. At LO underscore Padres on Twitter and at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O for my personal account. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.